Hey, humanoids, before we get to Dan Soder and all the wildness of this wrestling week, a quick programming note. This is a uh, weird day, I guess, for this podcast, although the scheduling's been really weird. Starting next week, we're going to be uploading the podcast hopefully every week, late Tuesday night. So maybe first thing when you log on on Wednesday mornings, um, or if you're just a night owl or West Coast or somewhere uh, far off in the Pacific Ocean, uh, it's a Tuesday night gig for you. But um, we'll be previewing the wrestling week minus Raw, which we can kind of react to. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's the new day. That's that's the that not not the wrestling stable. So check us out next uh, Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday morning. Looking forward to it. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The silver like heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm your host, David Shoemaker. Here on this uh, first weekend, first week of the Pro Wrestling Wars. Yeah. It's second week. Technically, it's week two. First week of the new era of professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Post-AEW Wednesday Night War, po- two weeks of that, actually, but the first time I've recorded since then, and the first uh, recording post-Smackdown on Fox. I'm here with Dan Soder. That's the important part. Hey, what's up, dude? Dan Soder, actor, comedian. Thespian. Philanthropist, purveyor of fine cheeses. You got to Yeah, you need a, you need another fine line. To, I mean, another fine line, another sideline job where you're like yeah. like a motorcycle racer. That'd be badass. I'm well, too much of a I'm too much of a wuss. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't um, know. What could be another good thing? Uh, well. Competitive uh, kickboxer. Oh man, when I was uh, we went I went to Mexico with my friends when we were like 16 and these like local guys kind of started eyeing us up. We were cuz we were like a bunch of 16-year-olds in a bar. Yeah. Uh my friend's mom, it's a long story. My friend's mom like got this house. We had to like we all planned it. We saved up our money. We all had jobs. We went down there and there was this group of dudes in this bar staring at us and I was drunk and I was 16 and I told them that we were the junior US kickboxing team. <laughs> By the way, you, it was clear we weren't, but I think it worked because the guys, the guy was like, oh, kickboxer. And like the way he kept saying, he goes, kickboxer. I was like, yeah, kickboxer. And he's like, oh, and I was like, <laughs> please let this work. Please, God, let this work. Now that's a stupid. I mean, this is 1999. So, you know, yeah, the cartels weren't at their height power. Yeah. And we would have ended up headless had we tried. Too that many people them. train in fighting now. They'd just be like, oh, I kickbox, too. Yeah. Let's that was, Why don't we spar? That was the fumes of the 80s, 90s, where if you just did a karate stance, people genuinely believed you knew yeah. karate. Well, they didn't want to get on the wrong side of that, uh, that, that thrust <laughs> kick. Yeah. But now, now if you have an affliction shirt on, you could probably throw someone in a decent guillotine. <laughs> or if you don't. If yeah. you like, watch TV, watch your fight on TV one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of fighting on TV, so much has happened since the last time we were here. Let's, we're going to talk about AEW, I think, in one big chunk since, like I said, we've been through two episodes since I was doing this. 
But let's start with the craziness of the tail end, the back end of the WWE, WWE week. We had SmackDown debuting on Fox uh, on Friday in a two-hour spectacle. And then on Sunday, we had WWE's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. <laughs> um, and I think all that anybody is talking about in those two things, well, that's not true. A couple people are going to talk about Shane versus, uh, uh, I guess the high, the high points of both were Shane versus uh, Kevin Owens in the uh, ladder match. And then on Sunday, the the women's title, or the, the um, Becky Lynch, uh, Sasha Banks Hell in a Cell match. But really all anybody's talking about are two crazy finishes to two crazy shows. Um, one, Brock Lesnar demolishing our beloved WWE champion, Kofi Kingston, in, I believe it was the first ever uh, match that, that was negative seconds long. Yeah, it just and, came in and it was over before it started. Yeah, like a black then, hole opened up and Kofi Kingston fell into it. You could have just started counting one, two, three as Brock <laughs> started walking down the entrance ramp. And uh, and then immediately after that, uh, when, I don't know, maybe the rest of the New Day could have run in to continue that feud, it was instead continued by... Uh, Rey Mysterio, who was beat up on Monday by Brock Lesnar and his new friend, or old friend, I guess, because it's the godfather of Dominic in kayfabe, I guess. Cain Velasquez. Yeah, because that means Dominic is how old? 19? Yeah, yeah, around there somewhere. It's like 19, 20 years old? Yeah. I don't think Rey Mysterio and Cain Velasquez are hanging out in 1999, 2000. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, so it's kayfabe godfather. Uh, great premiere of Not Kane. to be confused with the kayfabe godfather, also known as Kama <laughs> Mustafa. But. Yeah, with the hoe train. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the coolest and then immediate disappointing premieres of someone I've ever seen in my life. Explain. Great setup with Rey Mysterio and Dominic on Monday Night Raw. Brock shows up on SmackDown, starts terrorizing everyone. Rey Mysterio comes out in the sling, says he's got a ghost from his past. Kane Velasquez, huge pop. Kane takes off his shirt. We lose all momentum. It looks like a dad about to fight someone at a pool. I was saying this to you before we came on the air, but every second that Kane Velasquez is is on the screen, they should have a picture in picture of him in his UFC days destroying people, or particularly destroying Brock Lesnar, because yeah. he looked the same. And this sure. is and this is the this is the nonstop defense you hear for of Kane Velasquez on. Uh, you know, on the internet or whatever, people just saying like, no, he always looked like that and sure. he's a badass. But that that may is, be true. He is one of the <laughs> toughest men, I would argue to say, of all time. Oh, yeah. I mean, top level UFC heavyweight champion, destroyed competition, was an outstanding wrestler mm -hmm. at Arizona State, has the body of a strong nine-year-old. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And he the, and looks the, like the kid in the pool that could hold you under the water. Yeah, and the same like body to head proportions too. Yeah. He's got this giant noggin. He looks like he's, your cousin's friend where you're like, I don't want I don't like swimming <laughs> with him. He's mean. <laughs> he puts me under the water and he's he's got a crazy strong grip. Uh I th I think that's about right. He's he's such a badass. It's good I put a Roman vest on him, give him a tank top like Baron. Do well, you something. know in Mexico he was wearing he's wrestled a little bit in like in AAA before he came out here and, and singlet? No, he was wearing no. But he, I think he was just wearing long tights. I could be wrong, but he was wearing this elaborate luchador mask with like a. That's pretty cool. Was he had a bull? He was like El Toro, Cain awesome. Velasquez, or something. Yes. He had like giant horns and bring it. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Um, but definitely throw a shirt on. <laughs> just put so. I think. Covered. I think that the 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 less they do it up. To, I mean, there is a very there is a kind of cool old school thing about him. Like he's almost like what they were trying to do with Lars Sullivan. Sure, like they just put him in like black, sort of like 
high-waisted shorts and just let him be the old-school catch-as-catch-can. I guess that's Drew Gulak's gimmick now, but the but just the old-school dude, maybe that'll work. No knee pads, no elbow pads, just boots and trunks. Yeah, short short boots or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's a little bit to be desired there, but let's we can set that aside. What, what, I mean, were you, were you distraught with every other wrestling fan that Kofi Kingston didn't get more of a... Send-off? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Well, first of all that he lost. I mean, I guess we all can say now that we knew he was going to lose, but like we, we didn't knew he was going to lose. It's we, SmackDown premiere. What I don't like is that they used his run as a sacrificial lamb. Cuz I think the whole point of Kofi's run was like he was overlooked. He's always a mid-card guy. He's done so much. All the Royal Rumble matches, finally gets the belt, gets pulled over at Mania and then goes on 7-month run with the title. That's it. I mean, that's the thing for me is I, it sucks. That, I mean, I keep I think the, the phrase did it dirty was texted, did him dirty was texted mm-hmm. to me about 45 times on, on Friday. It was because it was because Kofi's like Kofi to me is up there, like even though he doesn't have the same belts as someone like a Randy Orton. He's just a guy that mm-hmm. always comes through, has great matches. Yeah. You always watch a Kofi Kingston match or a New Day match and Kofi has a spot where you're like, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that the one... The one factor that sort of balances it out, not balances it out, but but you can put in WWE's side, it's like the worst version of this would have been this happening one month after WrestleMania, right? Or like, a, like if uh, it, I mean, if they did this to him on SmackDown after WrestleMania, you kind of be like, that's like if, just, you if guys basically, just, if, it, if it looked more like they were just bullying, they're squeezing him. every WrestleMania run up underdog story penny from the fans, and yes. then it's like, now nah, we're going to go back to Brock. Yeah, we got to give it back to Brock. They gave him seven months. I mean, he had a night. They whatever. gave him seven months, but I, I think they could have done a, disc, a DQ. They could have done it where the belt gets taken off him in more of a respectful way. I think that that's right. You come out, to, if you come out on SmackDown, I get wanting to premiere Brock and pull him on, on SmackDown, but you have him F5 everyone, yeah. and then they DQ him and he doesn't win the belt. I mean, listen. All this is true, and and it's, and if you're making the if you want to make the case that Brock versus Kane doesn't need the belt, then that's uh, that's fine. You're probably right, but neither did Brock versus Goldberg. And I mean, yeah. like some things are just immutable. Which is one, Brock's whatever Brock's doing is going to be for the belt, and two, you know, Brock is going to demolish people in five seconds. Just and and you going home mad is on some level what Vince is going for. Yeah, is being mad and being like, my champ got his belt taken in a disrespectful way. Yeah. You just brought up Goldberg, and this is a very side story, but I was scrolling on Instagram for some reason. I found the video of Matt Riddle and Goldberg yeah. confronting each okay, other. Dude. Okay, bro. And he goes, okay. I ain't your bro. And he goes, all right, man. All right. Made me, it, it put Matt Riddle over for me. Yeah. It also kind of put Goldberg over for me because it's just yeah. like, like I mean, not as a not as a human being so much, but as like a competitive fighter. Like, yeah. it's just like, okay, you're this pissed off about some shit yeah, that happened in real life? Matt Riddle tweeted about his match. Yeah. Said it sucked, and then he had you know words with him. And Matt Riddle was like, "But I was like, lucky you got shoes on." And Matt Riddle was like, "Doesn't matter. I don't need shoes." I was kind of like, "All right, <laughs> all right, Johnny Utah." But yeah, that uh, that that was a side. I think SmackDown didn't need to take the belt off Kofi. I think no. you, you knew The Rock was going to come out. Yeah. You don't need to take the belt off Kofi. I yeah. I mean, I think that I said this on on Bill Simmons' podcast, which I was on earlier this week. Uh, it's people like me who usually spend their time fantasy booking ways for Kofi Kingston to get back in the title picture and to be a little bit forgiving to WWE because something good might happen down the road for Kofi. I don't think there's any chance of it, so I'm not going to waste my breath. But I do think that all of this will be... I think the revision doesn't necessarily come with like Kofi versus Brock 2. I think the revision 
the revisionist history for this comes with like whatever Kofi does next. <laughs> and if they make if they actually make this a part of his storyline or they do something interesting with it, then there can be something legitimate that comes out of it. If we go back to exactly where the New Day was a year ago, I'm not sure that that's going to be much of a validation of Kofi's championship run. Rest, all wrestling fans in a certain way talk like family members of drug addicts where you go, <laughs> go like, on because you're just like it's going to be okay is it going to work out the way i want to no but i think if we get him in the right position he can clean his life up yeah. he's working now <laughs> you know you're like all we want to do is be able to get through thanksgiving without something crazy <laughs> yeah, happening yeah you know, like vince is just the guy who just smack doing smack in the backyard <laughs> and then coming back in the house and you're like you ruined another good thing <laughs> you had it right and you ruined it and now we got to find a way to make it okay again um it's it it was the it was the one two punch of Kofi getting the belt taken and then and then Hell in a Cell <laughs> the ending of Hell in a Cell because Becky Sasha was the shit there was a couple spots in there with kendo sticks that I've never seen with the chair yeah that was awesome I thought Becky they both put their ass on the line and like took real big bumps well, well interesting thing and we're, we're in preface to talking about Hell in a Cell oh, well, is that and when, preface to talking. About the end of the Yeah. Hell so when I pushed play or when I turned on Hell in a Cell on Sunday, um, I was, it immediately, I, I immediately remembered that this is not a whole new era of WWE. The only thing that's really new is yeah, Paul Heyman's influence on Raw to a small extent, but also, sure. um, you know, Fox's, Fox's influence is big. Don't get me wrong. Fox's influence is going to be enormous. Um, I, you know they're not running the show. They're, I mean, there's no one. Yeah. No one from Fox is sitting in Gorilla. But you know, if they're asking for big things, if they're involved in the decision making for something like signing Kane Velasquez, and that that channels or that directs the show, because what Vince is doing is for the. I mean, he is in Gorilla and he is making he is micromanaging. But for the most part, he's sort of top editing. That's the industry. That's the editing. The the publishing term where you're just like the editor in chief takes a read of the feature before it goes out, and, and he or she is just like, you know what. I need more Dan Soder in this Billions piece, you know, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. go back and interview you again and they, sure. then they bluff you. They blow it up. So you're saying he's in Gorilla just top editing. No, I think not in Gorilla. He's probably micromanaging. But yeah. I think when he's when he reads the script, except for the ones he tears down, even then he's probably saying, no, 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 no. These are the big ideas we got to do. And I'm just the whole point of this is to say on Fox, the Fox people have that kind of power, too. Sure. You know, we don't know for sure what they're going to do with it. But all so Smackdown felt different. Well, in a it way, was the first time. Any wrestling. Outside of Saturday Night Main Event, mm. which came pre-produced, Saturday Night Main Event yeah. on NBC was like, it It was almost exactly like superstars, yeah. just better matches. You saw Hogan get involved. You saw mm -hmm. Savage do a, an entire match. Warrior would have a whole yeah. match. It was, this is the first time a network is involved with the WWE yeah. as a partnership yeah. of, being, of coming in. Now, what that means is more mainstream... Um, you know, they're going to highlight it more mainstream, but also what that means is you're right that, that there is a, there's an outlier here, which is the Fox network being like, how are you making this important to us? Right. Which Vince never had to do. Never. Cause Zucker at NBC was just kind of, I think it was Zucker, right? Who, who did he do? No, no, with? that was, uh, Ever, uh, Ebersol. Dick, Dick Ebersol. Ebersol. It was Ebersol at, at NBC was kind of like, what do you got Vince? And Vince's like, here you go. Here's, here it is. Yeah. Here's a show we did, and it's all it's all pre-produced and everything. Mm -hmm. This is going to be weird for them to be like, well, Vince, it's this time of year. We have this. It's Which also Fox Sports. I mean, the Fox Network is going to be has everything on the line. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what's going to be important um, to them. I mean, it's going to be as important to the Fox Network as anybody else, but it's being run out of the Fox Sports division, which is 
really cool. I mean, and makes it makes everything different because yeah. you know USA Network doesn't have a sports PR team. You know, I mean, this is a very this is a different take on on what pro wrestling can be in the mainstream. All that is to say, when I turned on Hell in a Cell on Sunday, I was immediately struck by the fact that no matter how much everything changes, no matter how yeah. how much Paul Heyman exerts his influence on Raw, no matter how much Fox exerts their influence on SmackDown, when it comes to the big shows on Sundays, there's only one person running that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's we're kind of like, you know, we can it can feel like a little bit of a weird holding pattern. So uh uh, Sasha Banks and and uh, and Becky Lynch had a hell of a uh, hell in a cell match. Man, there was a lot of great matches on that card. I loved Gable Corbin. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very fun match. Yeah. Um, I thought the six man tag with uh, Styles, yeah. Gallows, and Anderson versus uh, Braun and the and, uh, Viking uh, Raiders. Yeah, the Viking Raiders. <laughs> Viking Raiders, who might be the Raider Vikings, who mm-hmm. might be the Viking Experience, who also might be Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I loved it, and then. I knew we were in trouble when the red light, when they gave him the TLC, the red light special. They just kept the red light on. So there's some question about why the, uh, I mean, listen, it was a terrible ending. So, and we're talking about Seth Rollins versus the fiend Bray Wyatt. The ending and the booking of the whole thing was deplorable, but the ending was just the worst. You can't have a, a non-finish in a Hell in a Cell match. That's exactly the opposite of the point. But Can I tell you I've seen in comedy? been doing comedy 15 years uh-huh. the worst bombs are never when no one gets any laughs and then it ends those are those are those are that's a clean bomb mm-hmm. the worst bomb in comedy is when you can actually hear the audience unvelcro themselves from the show <laughs> there's this feeling of like I've ha- it's happened to me when you lose the audience and and they're all it's like sand through your fingers right and they start talking to each other it is an enormous bomb that you can't the feeling of being on stage while that's happening mm-hmm. i used to it used to happen when i do check spots at stand up new york when i first moved to new york because they're all paying their bills and it still happens when they drop checks but now you know i know how to carry an audience that kind of bomb is what seth and, and bray wyatt felt and when that finishing spot with yeah. the stomps and then the and then a couple pedigrees mm-hmm. and then it just kept building and building and you heard the audience disconnect and then become angry yeah where they were like, are you fucking kidding? There was that one moment where they're like, he can't get hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, yes. I don't even know what to say. I, uh, <laughs> I, I want to say, speaking of the crowd, though, yeah, it has to be said that no matter how bad the ending was, the original sin of the match I don't know if it was, I think it was turning the red light on. But yes, there, it was. But there was something bad that happened in the match and I assume that it's the red light that made the crowd, the live crowd, turn on the match pretty quickly. Yeah. And then that seeps over into the people watching at home who were just like, yeah, this does suck. Do you remember and- the the bamboo uh, <laughs> yes. cage? Yeah, the, you the Punjabi you prison or The Punjabi prison yeah. and you realized you couldn't see through it? Yeah. That's what this felt like. They were like, just turn. Here's the thing, wrestling fans and what I love about AEW, and I know we'll get to that, but what I love about AEW being around is you can say wrestling again without mm-hmm. feeling like you're saying yes. a no-no word. We're, yeah. like, we're wrestling fans. Wrestling fans can suspend disbelief mm-hmm. on an insane amount of things, including something called The Fiend <laughs> listening to a referee. Yeah. This demon possession thing. I, I always thought that was funny with The Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. You're like, this guy's from the netherworld, but he yeah. listens to Earl Hebner. <laughs> uh, but it's, 
it's it's a thing where it's like we can disbelieve that. Give us something, and then you turn the red light on. It feels like we're in a submarine breaching, and then the whole match is like, oh, he can't be hurt. Well, where does this go? That would be a really cool storyline if there was like a free agent referee, and they were like, listen. Earl Hebner, say what you will about his, uh, you know, his his pin counting ability, yeah. but there's only one guy in this business who monsters actually listen to. Exactly, he's the monster whisperer. <laughs> yeah, like if you brought in the referee and the fiend was like, he stopped at the ten count, <laughs> <laughs> like the clean, you know, he's like choking him on the ropes. And he's like, all right, all right. That's all those enough. really offensive managers, like yeah. Kim Chi from years past, that should have been their career. They should have gone to refereeing, refereeing and talking to these. Yeah, yeah. The, who was the um, Kamala used to come? That's out why I said with? Kim yeah. Chi. That Kim was, it. was the guy. <laughs> really offensive. Something super. Super offensive. Uh, anyway, the um, so they they decide to turn the red light on for this. I mean, they they blanket they they blanket the ring the the cell in red lights. Now, one thing that we noticed earlier earlier in the night is that they painted the cell red for the first time, which is cool. Which is cool. Then they turn this blaring red spotlight on, and the do and that. the cage sort of disappears in the red light. But also, so does everything else. And yeah. you can't. I mean, I saw some pictures online. It looked like you just couldn't tell what was going on. You could barely tell what was going on when you're sitting at home with yeah. camera zoomed in. But if you're on like the hundredth throw, you think you can tell what's happening there? Absolutely not. So that's really bad when there's, when it's a live show that people can't see the main part of it. Well, it also goes against everything. It's so weird to be on your podcast and, and th- I'm thinking of a specific chapter in your book. <laughs> oh, go. And please, this, please, the, please extol the, the virtues. Of no, my- but in the squared circle, you talked about the Gold Dust Trio. You know, they kind of took when they were building what professional wrestling is, it was mm-hmm. always to be performed to the person in the last row. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, when you forget something like that, in, in this, where it's like, you need the crowd, even if you're not, you know, like, they edit the crowd sometimes. I was at SummerSlam when they, pre- when they premiered the Universal Belt, and everyone <laughs> was, like, chanting that it sucked, and you couldn't hear that at home. But you still need the live crowd, because that's what pushes the guys in the ring, and that's what makes it better on TV. So when you take the crowd out of it, you're basically giving Bray and Seth nothing to work off of. Yes. Who are, by the way, two of my favorite performers in wrestling. Yeah. Bray Wyatt is a guy that I think should get a real run as just Bray Wyatt. I Well, that's an interesting idea. Um, I actually, I mean, I like The Fiend. I think the question that everyone was sort of overlooking um, about him was like, what does he do in the ring? Yeah. And if he's going to be invincible to, you know, you can't beat it. You can't kill him. You can't, you can barely hurt him. They don't have him go after the belt or keep him like what Braun was doing. Remember how Braun was just like dominant. This is monster among men. And and he kind of was staying clear of the belts. Yeah. So it wasn't, you weren't losing the heat that those belts put on people. You're and Braun was still destroying everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Why bring the fiend in immediately? Have him in the in the universal title, picture? or if you do, get you got to give him the belt. You, but I then mean, it becomes a thing of how do you win it back, which could be a cool thing if yeah. they do it right. But it seems pretty quick. It's just too much too soon. It is. It is. It, it was. It was definitely. I'll agree with the too much too soon part. It was. I want to do like what? What's the? I'm trying to think because Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar for the title. Yeah, and then he couldn't hurt. The fiend. I yeah. guess he did. He saw. He, he paralyzed or he immobilized him for a while. But, but what is the in the in the in kayfabe? What is the power ranking? I'm not talking about who is the top of the company. I'm saying who is literally the most powerful. I would say Braun. Well, now it seems to be the fiend can't be hurt, but it seems Braun is the strongest. So, and then where does Brock Lesnar go in all this? Because he can beat. A mix. He beats a champion in five in two seconds. Yeah, but he also goes the distance with Finn. You know what I mean? Mm. Where it's like you don't really kind of know. 
where Brock is. And then but now Cain Brock's Velasquez scared of can, yeah, yeah. He's scared of nine year old bodied Cain Velasquez. Oh man, this is yeah. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe instead of like two hundred five live, we just need to have like a like a magical wrestlers tour oh. instead of a seniors tour. It's like the people who have evolved past regular oh. wrestling. That would be incredible. I, you know who could work it and would still the taker taker would be right there. Oh yeah, he'd be like, "Thank you, finally." Now and Brock, and guys like Brock can go do that like on occasion. Yeah, they come their, back test in. their metal. Yeah, and come back to the regular, the old, the folks, the common folk. Anyway, Seth Rollins. Uh, the, here's the here was the real travesty. Seth Rollins gives him like 85 stomps when three pedigrees. Yeah, and 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 much less than that beat Brock Lesnar, the, as as we just sort of alluded yeah. to. And then he um, hit him with a bunch of chairs and a toolbox, which just looked gnarly. And um, I think which, he like is that drove, what concussed him? I don't know. He seemed to. He wasn't really concussed. I think one of the guys was. Con- I think. Oh Bray, really? I think Bray took a concussion because. I want to say it was MVP. I follow MVP on Instagram, uh-huh. and he said like something, something with one of the guys taking a concussion in the ring. You know, oh Bray wasn't cleared for Monday night, which is interesting. Maybe that was it. I, I have yeah. not followed that. Um, I could be wrong though. I could have read that wrong. I well, he did a have a of bunch pot. of shit on top of his head. On, on top of his head, well, stuff was being well, they were being pounded. Well, yeah. he was being pounded upon for a long time. But so there was, I think he. I mean, so Seth hit him with a bunch of different stuff. Stacked uh, chairs, stacked chairs, stacked a ladder, drove a pickup truck over his skull, <laughs> and then he went out and got a, a sledgehammer from underneath the cave, then underneath the ring, and that was too. That was a bridge too far for the referee. That was it? There, and and then for I mean I I assume for every every single human being watching, they just thought that he had been disqualified because the yeah. announcers didn't really say anything. They go what? They, what is that? How they were and so then, they were so uh, blown back with the fact that Seth did that. Yeah. He just goes and gets a gun. Yeah. <laughs> That's just where they're at. He's like, oh my God, he's got a 45. Can he kill the fiend? It was what? one of the, when the second he hit him with the hammer, I thought, when he got the hammer, I was like, okay, is this how he hit? Is this how we he convinces us that he pinned the fiend or uh-huh. ended the match? And then when the cage started rising up, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Plus, I was getting all these texts at the same time of people watching, like Saint Germain. Yeah, texting me that's the worst finish I've ever seen. It was, it, it, you know, it was really terrible. And I, and everybody, I think, thought it was a DQ. You're just like, how do you? Sean Waltman, X Pac, yeah, was there at the WWE watch along saying, how the hell do you get DQ'd in a in a uh, Hell in a Cell match? Also, he, the it, it got worse. You thought the cage getting raised in the match ending was done, and they put the fiend on, and it, he wakes up. Yeah, and then he hurts, and then he takes out Seth, and Seth's bleeding from the face, from the mouth. Uh, oh man, it was, was bad. so bad. And then you're like, okay, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, given. But I'll be really interested to see how they address this on the opening segment of Raw tomorrow night. Can I tell you what I love the most? What the AEW chance. <laughs> I loved it. AEW chants are dri- driving everybody to the point. I mean, Meltzer is out here defending an AEW chant from SmackDown, and everyone that tells him it didn't happen is like he's just screaming at that. Like it's it, yeah. people are going crazy about this. Love stuff. it, love it. It's what it's what wrestling needs. Yeah, you need if you fuck up on Hell in a Cell, you need to know there's someone there trying to execute on your mistake. Yeah, that's the biggest change that's happened since the Monday Night Wars. And the Monday Night Wars, it was like. You know, something like we better watch out or somebody might hold up a pro WCW sign on the sixth row. Yeah. Now it's just like, uh, no, the entire audience is going to chant in favor of our competition, which some people watching might not have heard about yet. So like they're learning about it from the assholes in our crowd. And when we get to AEW, I have a point to make about 
Jericho's promo from last night. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. So and then, so on Monday night, we're like, hey, okay, how are they going to? What are they going to do? How are they going to? What's the fallout? How, what are they going to tell us? And, I thought it was going to be open. I thought yeah, I thought Raw. Sure. I thought a hundred percent Raw was going to open with the Fiend or Seth Rollins. Yeah, even if it had just been Seth saying like bandaged, beat up. Yeah. I couldn't stop him. I snapped. The Fiend got to me. Yeah, even if he something. even if he just said, yeah, let him be a little bit of a tweener, or let him say like, let him make, let, literally acknowledge it, like let him. The, the first thing out of his mouth could have been like, I understand a lot of you guys aren't too happy with me right now, you know, just and just like. By let the him, way, Seth can cut incredible promos. Yeah, he can cut a promo, so let him go to the ring and talk about how he snapped and he couldn't find a way to beat the fiend, and he did everything he could, and yada yada yada. Wrestling fans can suspend disbelief. We can also forgive a lot of horse shit. Yeah. And if that, we would have got that, but I knew it was bad I'm, when they opened with Rusev getting cucked. I'm, oh god! And there and and long story short, Rollins and the Fiend were nowhere to be found on Monday Night Raw. They did. They showed highlights, quote unquote. Yeah, but really, it was just the pictures. You know, and and I'm all about time off, and I wish we lived in a wrestling world where like dudes like could just not be on an episode, and it wouldn't seem like a big deal. But this was not the time to do it. I think. We're getting to the point where with all the brand splits mm-hmm. and the way AEW is coming back up and uh, shout out to NWA Power. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you're getting to the point where there might be seasonal things. I hope so. I hope so, too. So guys, but AEW's, they, but no, but they, they can't because AEW is on the books. I mean, they could they could, you know, uh, give some of the talent time off. That's what I mean. Give the talent like, a, you know, like a month break. But AEW and WWE are both just like firmly. I mean, they got to be on the air live. 50, yeah, fifty weeks a year is the AEW's thing, I think. But the That's um, crazy. yeah, it's a lot. But, Imagine if they had saved the the Seth and Becky real life relationship for this and just opened the show with like her being worried. Or her just being like, like if you want to boo my fiance, that's fine. We'll be off the air until you decide to cheer us, and then like yeah. leave, and then like they'd be the biggest heels in pro wrestling. Well, but anyway, uh. So they didn't even talk about that at all. So that was absolutely crazy. And then what did they even end the show with? Oh, the stupid boxing stuff. The, I mean, yeah, not Tyson stupid. Fury, Ty- it's Braun not stupid. Stroman. There's a long, there's a place in wrestling for Braun Always. Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Always. It's also a place in Saudi Arabia for it, apparently. <laughs> That's 100% where it's for. So apparently they're doing that in Saudi, and then they're also going to do Kane versus Brock in Saudi Arabia, which is uh, weird. I also don't understand. The, I mean, maybe this is just too obvious a rant, and everybody else has already said this. Why not just save the draft for after Saudi Arabia? Because they're going to have to be doing cross-branded promotion for the next two weeks. When you're getting the private Sultan money, you, you, you're going to have to mix brands. So that's what right. I'm saying. Yeah, just so keep doing it. Right. So just wait. Just wait till after Crown Jewel. I mean, how many more of these are there? Ten. It's like ten years. Right? Oh yeah, it's forever. I think it was an eight-year deal up front, but I could be wrong. <sighs> um, it's it looks bad. So. Uh, do, should we talk about the draft now and then talk about AEW, or should we just talk about? Do we go in sequential order? Let's go in sequential order because okay. the draft's coming up. So raw, blah blah blah. Uh, the next thing that happened um, was my second Tuesday in a row where I sat down in front of the TV at eight o'clock and it was like, oh shit, Wednesday. No, no. Oh yeah, for no SmackDown. Yeah, for the no SmackDown is my new favorite show. I sit down in front of the TV and I turn it on. And I gather my family around me and then I'm like. Well, shit, guys, you want to watch The Voice? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like what's on? Jeopardy rerun? Yeah. I think I have a 60 Minutes DVR'd. Um, really weird not to have wrestling on Tuesday nights, and which which is odd because if you think about it, SmackDown wasn't on Tuesday. That I long. know, it, it really it was wasn't. mostly a Thursday show. Yeah. 
But uh, now it's became so fun because when it went live, you kind of knew like, all right, Monday, it was the one-two punch. I got Raw, SmackDown. Yeah. Um, but I, this is, I like this schedule a lot better. So Wednesday yeah. we get, oh, no, that's not true. Tuesday we do get NWA Power. They were smart enough to drop yeah. that on Tuesday. That, and if I assume most people who bother listening to this show know what this is, but it was really under the radar as far as a, a I lot only know about go. it because someone uh, like texted me it. It was like, you got to watch this. Um, My buddy Chris from Brooklyn was like, you got to watch Yeah, this. yeah, I was getting texts about it left and right. Yeah. So uh, this is Billy Corgan's NWA. Yeah. And he basically just put together an old-fashioned studio show. Like if you grew up watching or if you go on YouTube and watch old, like, well, for me, it's Memphis wrestling, but the old uh, Crockett NWA wrestling mm-hmm. where it was a- uh, um, You know what matches I was watching recently? Harley Race, um, Flair from like 70 well, Like the pay-per-view. I mean, the big, the uh, Clash of Champions. What is that, Clash of Champions? I was watching the old studio shows. Oh, and they were in the studio? Yeah, where they had like Harley Race in there. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy because it's like on YouTube. It's like a they have just like a bleacher with like, you know, like forty five fans. And then on the other side, there's just like, you know, the local weatherman has a microphone and he's just well, what like, I loved about it is you see Flair, like uh there's these old comedy specials called the Young Comedians of Comedy. Uh-huh. HBO. If you have HBO Go, you can go watch them. There is like 93, 94, 95. 95 has Chappelle, Louis C.K., Dave Attell, and a couple other people. And they're uh-huh. young. And they're yeah, very yeah. young. But you see glimmers of the legends that they become. Sure. And I think that's what I love about finding these old NWAs is you see Flair talking shit in a studio, but getting the getting real heat from the 90 people in the bleachers or however many people are there. You're like You see him and develop his act a little bit. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I mean, Rick in that studio, all those guys in the studio, yeah. it's just so much fun to see somebody just walk out from like behind a curtain yeah. and they're just like, let me tell you something, <laughs> yeah. Magnum TA. Yeah. But now they, so Billy, Billy Corbin kind of got it right. Actually, the one great thing about those, uh, one other great thing that, that I guess they're not going to be able to do with this show, but is whenever Flair would cut a promo, I think I've said this before, he wasn't just cutting a promo on like his... His like it wasn't just one person he was about to fight because yeah. he was basically cutting a promo for the next month of touring. Yeah. So he would just be like, I got a problem with you, Dusty Rhodes. And he's like, and while we're on the subject, Magnum TA, you've really been bothering me. And hey, Rock and Roll Express, you think you can come in here and take on me and Tully Blanchard? You know, it's Love like it. I just went on forever. He's and doing it was fantastic. four weeks of work. Um but uh but yeah, so Billy Cor- Corgan, um Billy Jimmy Corgan. when? Smash pumpkins, right? Yeah. That's the guy who did this. It is absolutely the guy who did it, and I'm always going to get it. I'm, I've interviewed him. I don't think I've ever met him, but it's. Uh, but I, I always think of that what that comic book, the, uh, Jimmy Corgan, or whatever. No, I always think of. Uh, yeah, I always think of the documentary maker. Oh yeah, the, that's the true. documentary filmmaker Billy Corbin. Um, dude from Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just absolutely, he's going to hate that I just said that. Yeah, he's going like, to steal Cherry. Uh, is is I mean, has just totally. It's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. It here's what I loved about it. It dropped like a Beyonce album. You didn't know it was coming, and all of a sudden it's just there, fully done. And I you're think like, they announced it, but that's the, the way most people encountered it. And it was just like it was like that's South, the way I encountered it. It was like Southpaw Regional Wrestling, except like Ernest, and it was so good, so good. Everybody on there was great. Yeah, uh, Nick Aldis, the former Magnus uh, from TNA, is is uh, just fantastic as the champion. This is his first, actually, like my favorite thing he's done as champion because he's out there in a suit, like Flair, just cutting a promo, yeah. and you're just like, okay, I'm like, he's you're a good talker. I was, yeah. I totally was not aware. I'm excited to see you wrestle. Um, they had some. Uh, I will say one thing in Vince McMahon's defense. 
when I was trying to, when I was watching the show, I was actually a little bit, I got a little bit caught on the fact that there was, uh, there were two people with the last name Storm. And you know how Vince hates people with the yeah. last, with the same. Same last names. With the same first names or last names or whatever. I'm just like, what, is these two Storm guys related somehow? Yeah, like, what what's I, their backstory? Uh, but no, but Tim Storm, who wrestled, who had a great little, they did a great video package for him whenever Aldis beat him for the title. Was it last year? Was it that long ago? But but he's but he was out there. He cut a good promo. They had a good good little rematch. I don't know. They 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 focused on some dudes who I really like. I mean, it's, it was a it was a fun show. It's going to be a fun thing to go along with what what with everything else is going on. Yeah, it's like kind of it's just a really fun time for wrestling. There's also something way cooler about like if they got a free agent and they're probably not going to be like in the bidding for the biggest free agents. But if they did, but if they got an Alberto Del Rio, I yeah, know he's got his own promotion. It would be going. so much cooler to see whoever to see like Jack Swagger or Jake Hagar like come from behind the curtain and be like, and I got something to tell you, Nick Aldis. And you'd be, and th- then it is just to see him debut on AEW. My theory is th- for in order for the AEWs and the T and the NWAs to work. Yeah. They need to all start being like territories and yeah. talking and working with new Japan. Could you imagine how crazy it'd be if Naito just yeah. came out at NWA and just wrecked their top guy? And you, a wrestling fan would immediately be like, oh my God, you know, yeah. like when they used to bring Muda over for mm-hmm. WCW and you're just like, what is he? Who is this guy? This yeah. guy's awesome. They need to do that. But they they did it a little bit with Moxley with AEW, him going sure. over to New Japan and winning the, the US championship. But they need to do that more. And I yeah. think the more they do that and mix it up and get kind of old school. I totally t- agree. Like bring a heel and go get some heat. Which I also think the WWE is starting to do by dropping Finn down to NXT. Mm-hmm. They did it with Breeze Dango. Uh, I, I like that move. I feel like you wrestlers moving around for me makes me feel like the way when I used to watch sitcoms and like uh, Larry Applewhite would show up in Family Matters from Perfect Strangers. Yes. And you're like, that's the same world? And you're just like, oh my God. I, lo- I want that even, I grew up with the WWF <laughs> dominating and then later uh, yeah. blasting out WCW, but I would like to see that more because I think that's more of a territory feel. I My, my greatest memories were when um, the Golden Girls and Empty Nest would have well, like, a, there'd, I mean, there'd be a hurricane on. and they would all be stuck together in a room. You're telling me they live in the same part of Florida? Yeah, I didn't nuts. know that. Yeah, that's what I, I want to see that, but I want to see like a crazy no, thing. That's true. They also, there's also like value to this sort of like, uh, like, you know, organization the sort of unionization of non-wwe pro wrestling and that like you you benefit from each other's strengths yeah but you also have the stability of existing as a whole because i tell you what i said this is a joke to somebody about a month ago and on tuesday night in my mind it became a lot less of a joke now i know uh billy corgan is a is a um very serious dude who really wants to make this thing work and i think that he's i think he's a real like he's a real visionary in a lot of ways uh, and I'm not, this has vi- nothing to do with him as a, this is no reflection on him as a creative person or whatever. But what I was saying when I was watching that on Tuesday is WWE just lost the biggest thing they have on, on the WWE network when they made NXT, a, a broadcast show. And they're going to try to make us pay more for the network based on tiers next year. Yeah. What if they just bought, or what if they bought the broadcast rights to NWA? And then just, that and just became put it on the network. New, and that became kind of the new de facto even streaming. If, even if they didn't, 
like uses a developmental, which would be wild for them not to. But even if they just bought the broadcast rights and put it on the network every Tuesday night. Because I feel, and this is just me speaking as a selfish wrestling fan, NWA serves more of a purpose being controlled by Billy oh. where he totally can agree. where he can do business with Cody Bucks and Tony Khan and AEW and go over to New Japan and, and Ring of Honor and keep the, you know. I totally agree. I just watched I think, that. I just watched that show, and I was just like, "Well, this is ready for." I mean, this is. I would love to see Colt Cabana come out <laughs> on on T. You know what I mean? NWA, because remember, he's got that NWA. He does. Tight, you know, go out there and like. I think there's a lot of fun stuff coming up for wrestling fans, and AEW is getting there. What did you think? AEW, I thought it was fantastic. I thought week two was good. I thought that I was a week one was a little bit. Um, I liked how they started it off. Yeah, I like they started uh, off with with their top their top face. I would call Cody their top face. I think the way they they started starting with Sammy versus Cody was a really was a really good storytelling decision. But I still say that I would have started the show just for broad for just solely for the people watching for the first time. I would have done like. Bucks versus Lucha Bros. Just give them twenty minutes. You just say play the hit right up top, just to show them what's different about them this than sure. anything else they're going to watch. But I think that's the whole appeal of but AEW. No, but is- the slow, but the, but they proved me wrong with the ratings. And the, if the if they if they keep the crowd for to stick around for a slow burn, because then it's great. Because Bucks versus Private Party on Wednesday night was wild. wild. I've seen the Bucks live not that many times. I've seen the Bucks live. I'd say less than five times. I've probably seen him live three times. Yeah, I I don't even remember. I think two or three for me. But but that might have been my favorite Bucks match. I mean, I've seen him do Dude, like I saw. I mean, I was at Double or Nothing and saw that Lucha Brothers. Yeah, and that might be the greatest tag team match I've ever seen in my life. I mean, some of the spots in that match. Yeah, it, it was just like in the the way the crowd was, everything. It felt it felt special at Double or Nothing. Easily a contender for that match was yeah. last night. Round one. You're right. The Lucha Brothers match. I was com- comparing it just to ones I've seen live for some no, reason. But, but the yes. Lucha Brothers match at Double or Nothing was like was some of those spots were crazy. Yeah. That being said, the fact that it's the AEW inaugural tag team champion mm-hmm. tournament. Bucks, the number one seed. Yeah. Coming in private party. If you know them, you know them. They're great. They're yeah. fun. What a great way. This makes me love AEW even yeah. more because it's Matt and Nick Jackson yep. going, let's put these guys over mm-hmm. in a cool, fun way, which is they do a bunch of crazy spots. The ones where they were, uh, I forget who it was, where you kept do, uh, going over the ropes. Oh, and yeah. Sliding back in and going over and doing a better one and then a flip over the rope. I was like, that like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, this is so much fun. It's got a luchador feel to it, but it's the young, you know. Yeah. It just had that feel. And then the the small package to for the upset, I was like, I love this. Yes. I loved it. Or was it a schoolboy? So I good. What it was. It However, was... it was a it was a quick roll up. They got the one, two, three. And now the Young Bucks have set up another tag team to become successful in AEW. I first of all, if anybody I mean they really they needed another tag team to be set up. Yeah. Private party was with all of the kind of it seemed like there was a lot of hype attending their signing. AEW seemed to be high on them, but we don't know what any of that means. And this yeah. was the real statement. Like this mattered a lot. And they, I mean, I part of me thinks I should have seen this coming because I was looking at the brackets just like earlier this week, and I was just like, "This is set up for just the most obvious final four. Like, it, like the way that it was set up, it was like, it was like the Bucks and the Lucha Bros, and like, yeah. or, or we're going to be in the finals. And I mean, and and I, even the even the the final four, I think, was like." the first four teams they signed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, was it was like, like really S- basic. S- uh... Yeah. And 
And I was just like, which I like. They were there. I like that the tag teams were there. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of got the old feel where they're in the audience, scouting, watching, and then to have the young bucks lose, and to see everyone kind of freak out. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It's great, really cool. Uh, But then they got the bucks back into relevance because they were there at the end with Cody. Like so many things happened in the last, like the the second, the last half hour of the show was just like false finishes and big endings. I mean, and they managed to keep making things more interesting. The lights cut. Cody's yeah. just in the ring, fully suit in a suit. The Jericho he is the nightmare. Yeah, the Joker. I mean, the uh, the Jericho promo with the inner circle, uh, unbelievable. Because they started with Jack, you know, with the Jack Swagger chant mm-hmm. of "We the People." Oh, that was so great. And then Jericho cutting it off and going, "That sucked." That promo sucked. It's literally the only thing I wrote down for the entire th- for the entire week. Yeah. Uh, we said we the people is dead and buried. It was a stupid idea from bad creative, and that's gone, and all that's gone. And the crowd just was like, "All right, we agree." Yeah, and he's like, "And that's a shoot." When he's talking about his undefeated record, yeah, Hager's record in in MMA, he's yeah. like, "And that's a shoot." And he just what he did is he spoke. It's like when you see a really good parent speak to their child, and they're not speaking to them like they're a dumb baby. <laughs> they're like they're they're speaking to them like they actually understand the conversation. Yeah. And that's what Jericho did. When he went through and he just he Mike Lawrence had a great post on, you know, he um he's a top wrestling fan but also has these great insights on wrestling and he's like he made everyone a star in that promo. Mm-hmm. He went one by one through each person and was like this is why this person is in the inner circle. This is why it's important. I'm Jericho. I'm a legend. I'm the champion. Shut up. You're welcome. Love it. Love it. Chris Jericho, to me, is top five greatest of all time. Come at me. I would have come at you two days ago. Yeah. I can't come at you. After you can't that. come at me after that promo. No. Come on. That's a pipe bomb promo. I think I think my thing with Jericho is not, I mean, you can, I could put him, you could have argued all time stature and I, and I, you probably could have compelled me. I could list the finishers thought, and we would know. Yeah. I think yes. I think that there was I think there was part of me that felt like he was my coasting isn't the right word, but he was a little bit too Yo, you know what's weird complacent like, at forty nine and right now and he was like it was kinda like like get, becoming the face of AEW was the was the victory. This, and it's clear after Wednesday that he's it, bigger and better awaits. He was so good that he made the best friends angle with Kevin Owens an unbelievable arc in the WWE. Mm-hmm. It was so fun, and you're on the list. Yeah. And then he put Kevin Owens on the list, and then that whole best friends match. Yeah. Loved it. Mm-hmm. It was like Chris Jericho's great. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. easy Hall of Famer. He goes to Japan, does Wrestle Kingdom with Omega, yeah. and then just keeps doing that. Has the Naito Intercontinental mm-hmm. uh, run, starts AEW, and you're like, all right, is he too big for it? And last night you see that promo, and you're like. Motherfuck, this dude's yeah. the man. He's so good. Got the glasses on. You know, he's got the rocks. He's he is a rock star. Yeah. So he knows how to play that, but he's just a great dickhead. Yeah. He's just a great heel. What a great I'm I'm just so I'm so high up on Jericho. I always have been, but man, this really uh that that episode of Dynamite really uh I love it, man. I was really uh, one more thing about that promo cuz it was very good. The choreography in it it was really stunning because one of the big questions that AEW had going in is they didn't have 
producers. They didn't have creative, really. They had yeah. Tony. I mean, and and I'm sure the you know Bucks and Cody or everybody's kind of involved yeah, in like storylines. But there's like a bunch yeah, yeah. Of no, they, old, you're yeah. right. They have they have they have uh, they have agents. They have stuff. a lot of great agents. But they don't. Yeah. But, but yeah. But it was unclear how the creative process was going to work. Um, everything has been really smart, way better than I. Way, I mean, just a, way above average so far. But there's just little stuff that like. The kind of stuff that WCW fucked up on the regular back in the day. Yeah. It's like when they put five people in the ring to cut a promo, they're like three of them had their backs to the camera. Yeah. They were all like walking around in distracting ways, like interacting with the crowd while like they were on a wide shot. And you're like, why are you doing that? Those five dudes were standing in like perfect form. The only one really moving was Sammy. And that was the gimmick. He was like X-pocking around yeah. while like everybody Bragging else was like be- staring at the camera. Yeah. And they were in this like perfect formation. So like you weren't constantly... And I know I'm going to be like an old fashioned wrestling guy for bringing this up, but you weren't, you, there wasn't, a, you didn't look at them and think, wow, that Sammy's really short. They were like, you weren't like kind of like yeah. comparing them or anything. They were just perfectly situated. They were a group. And they looked great. And what I love what they did with Hagar. Mm-hmm. Hagar. Hagar. He's saying it like a Sammy Hagar. Like Hagar. this is his new gimmick is that we're, we're misspelling your last name by one letter or something. Sure. Well, the Hagar. 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 Who does? I like that they know he's a silent badass. Mm-hmm. Just keep him that. And where I liked it even more is when I saw him accompany Jericho to the ring for the tag match. Mm-hmm. And I thought, fuck yes. That's what a stable is. You bring out your bad baddest dude like a diesel yeah. to walk you to the ring. Mm-hmm. So now, because you always like when the heel is a little bit of a, a wuss. You yeah. like him when he's a little bit of a conniving. Yeah. You want the, the, the baby face to get his hands on him. Mm-hmm. So you put Hagger with him walking to the ring and it's you know he even hit he hit dustin Rhodes. i want to see that which i never thought i was going to say in 2019 dustin Rhodes hagger yeah is like i'm excited to yeah. see that even when he clipped him from behind on the uh debut episode of dynamite it was yeah. I, I loved it yeah i loved it i love the way they set up the stable i love that cody and the bucks came out and uh what's his name who's the emo scary skater kid uh darby allen darby allen the new who's now one. the number, number one, one yeah but that was great a number one contender match. Yeah. How long has it been since we've seen one of those? The, big, the like, problem with Darby Allen now is that everybody's comparing him to Jeff Hardy, which is correct. But like everybody, but nobody remembers Jeff Hardy like during that during his like early, his first peak. Yeah. When he came out, he was he. Everyone was like, "That guy cannot be a real wrestler." Yeah. He really Jeff Hardy did look as slight as Darby Allen looks now, and yet when he they put him in the ring with Triple H and everybody just blew the fuck up they yeah. were just like this is the best thing that's ever happened darby kobe cody at a fighter fest was really good really good and they were clearly putting they're really positioning darby allen at that point but but you know i didn't think it was going to come this soon and maybe they kind of like you know strapped the rocket to him a little bit it yeah. seemed like they were going a little bit off the wins and losses matter uh i, th- I feel like they're dropping one. that pretty quick well i think they're going to keep insisting upon it but we'll see how much we'll see if it's if it's you know how it compares to like the wild card rule in terms of like or like you know in terms of we're sticking that this is actually a rule but mm-hmm. um yeah the wild card thing they're like but, wild card never mind yeah we just needed it but darby allen is uh is legit uh He's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what they do with them. And it's also good in the same way that they did that little show closing. I mean, not show closing, but the 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 inner circle promo kind of established who your heels are. Now we know who like your underdog baby face is too. And you, you know, also, like the you have Cody, you have the Bucks there with him, and then you have MJF, who's like sort of he's he's on the side of the top face, but like hates the crowd. 
what I loved is they are establishing MJF yeah. as a babyface, yeah. even though we all know <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a heel. It's like your friend guy. dating someone shitty, and you're like, they're going to turn on you. <laughs> like, no, 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 They said this time's different. MJF is my favorite wrestler going right now. He's really good. I think everything he does is, is uh, man, when you watch a comic and you can just tell that they like really care about their bits mm -hmm. and, they, and they have purpose. Michelle Wolf moves like that. She'll, she'll like every word means is setting something up. Gary Goldman is similar. His yeah. HBO specials came out. Every watch, because every move is like a position to something else. So everything is, MJF feels like that. Watching MJF when he won on week one of Dynamite and he just did the coolest thing, which has been done before, but he did a snotty rich kid thing where he pointed at the ref and he hit his wrist mm -hmm. and he went, raise it because he yeah. won. I was like, dude, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And he cuts. His promos are awesome. Just to shut up, you idiots. I just, I love it. I'm a big fan. Um, We get a, we get a truck, but uh, before we, before we get off Wednesday night, um, Leo Rush won the Cruiserweight Championship from Drew Gulak on NXT. I didn't. I fell asleep last night. And Walter beat Kushida. Both of those things you gotta you gotta watch. I'm gonna watch the Gulak for sure. Uh, Leo beat him clean, and Drew, and then Drew gave him kind of like they had a stare down, but Drew like handed him the title at the end, sort okay. of a. I think that I've said this before. I think that Drew is bound for bigger and better things on the NXT roster than being the NXT champ and and putting. I mean, the 205 Live champ, the Cruiserweight champ, and putting the belt on. Leo, I think, sort of, uh, sort of, I think, I think we're looking more like a like a one fifty five uh, live for the cruiserweight <laughs> yeah, championship, you know? Yeah, like let's go the real tiny guys. Yeah, because it's the guys in the ring where even like a Neville, you could get away with Pock the bastard. Yeah, which I, by the way, bring oh, it back to so AEW. To bring it back to AEW for one second. Oh my god, love the spot where he hits Kenny. Yeah, with the chair. And then Moxley's mad about it because yeah. like Matt Moxley wants to hurt Kenny. Loved it. That was fantastic. Loved it. I also just realized I had a nightmare that involved Pac the Bastard last night. I mean, his face is very, very scary, terrifying. But yeah, I think that I mean, like, but you can have a small. What my point was, you can have a small guy like him go at it with an AJ Styles, yeah. or a Cena, and it looks okay. Mm -hmm. Leo Rush, you got to keep him in that management position. He's got to be like on able, the main roster. Yeah, the main roster. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why don't we go down? Why don't we make Cruiser more 155? I think so too. And also, guys like you know Champa and uh, yeah. I mean Chompa. they he was well, in, he back. was in the Cruiserweight tournament, right? I mean, I mean like these are yeah. he's or the two of five. He's he's whatever. Let's make it a little bit smaller. But that was a really good match. Uh, a lot of good stuff that is still happening is happening on NXT. I'll be interested to see how the ratings kind of go forward because I think WWE. Won't say it out loud, but they're probably happy to be fighting from underneath on this on Wednesday nights. Like they they have a little underdog story they can tell about well, themselves. Get, yeah, because they're getting the wins on Monday and and Friday, and I think Wednesday is like Wednesday. I think is like Vince is probably looking at it as is Hunter's opportunity to feel what it's like to have a rival. Come, mm -hmm. You know, he's probably telling Hunter like, "This is what it is. This is how you beat your competition." Yeah, but I love it. I mean, we look at us. We're just enjoying it. So crazy. I mean, I get to go home and watch NXT tonight. Yeah, that's wild. And like, I watched AEW, and then I got SmackDown on Friday. Yeah. After Saint Germain's wedding, let's go. Congratulations, Dan Saint Germain. I don't know. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's married in kayfabe yet. So I'm not sure if we can say it on this show. I think. Yeah. Um, 
No, I'm just kidding. It kind of ruins the King of Sad Style gimmick, but whatever. Yeah, but now it's like, it's okay. now he's got his Elizabeth. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm booking Bobby Lashley in the territory next month. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. He's got uh, his Elizabeth. And let's not go down that route, girl. I, yeah. I would hate to be any of uh, Rusev's friends for all the for, for the kayfabe phone calls. Yeah. Did you see what you did to me at work? And you're like, oh, Rusev, I'm sorry. Do you want to uh, go back to Bulgaria? That sucks. Just like the weird texts from your mom, you know, who's just like, I saw something online about you. What happened? Yeah. Where is she? And you go, she's fine. She's right here. What are you guys doing? You're like, it's a story. Um, the draft is this weekend, or starting on Friday on SmackDown, going to Monday on Raw. Big new, it was a big move for SmackDown to get night one of the draft. Meltzer, and that's for a purpose. Yeah. Well. They're, gonna, they're doing, basically what they're doing is being like, SmackDown's premiere episode. Yeah. I said it to you off air. SmackDown is becoming, it's what happened when Monday Night Football and Sunday Night Football switched. And Sunday Night Football yeah. became the premier game with the flex schedule. And ESPN's like, we just paid a shit ton of money for Monday Night Football renew for the renewal. Like, what happened to all of our good games? Have and they're you, like, good game. I mean, you don't think Bengals versus uh, Dolphins is a good game? Have you read uh, Those Guys Have All the Fun? Mm -hmm. The ESPN book? A lot of it, yeah. Yeah, the chapter about the NFL deal oh, yeah. is one of the most interesting things I've ever read in my life because ABC and ESPN were basically like, where are you going to go, NFL? Fox and CBS already locked up. Were you going to go to NBC? Mm -hmm. And NFL was like, yeah, and we're going to give them exclusive rights to all the highlights so they can do a pregame show and Sunday nights, we're going to give them the flex schedule. And, <laughs> and ABC was like, fuck. Yeah. If we just have Monday night? And they're like, yeah, and you get a... We'll we'll try to give you some good games at the beginning of the season, but we all know how that's going to pan out. Yeah. By the end of the year, Monday Night Football is like two seven and nine teams, and you're like, oh god damn it. Yeah. Like, but it, it, I think that's I think that's what SmackDown's doing to Raw right now. Yeah. But Heyman runs Raw, so if there's anybody that can get a lot out of a little, it's Paul that's Heyman. the big thing. Heyman's a very Heyman's an operator. Okay, so the, so this is what Meltzer. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna annotate some of this. This is what Meltzer has said on said on Observer Radio about the draft. He said it's gonna. This is from Reddit Squared Circle. It's gonna be picking people picking like a football draft. There will be reps picking for Fox and USA. It won't be authority figures because they don't want those right now. And this could change, but the whole draft is done. They're likely not telling anyone where they'll go, but they might tell some of the talent higher on the card. Here's what I'll tell you. Uh, I know most of our all, all of this is correct. Yeah, there's not going to be. They're staying away from Shane McMahon runs SmackDown or like whatever. They're Stephanie not going to do that. Raw, which was a fun. Angle. I think it's it's going to be more along the lines of like draft day. Like Great. there's going to be like cutting away to shots of draft rooms and people cheering at tables and like being that. like, "We got our dude." That might be the only thing. I don't know who's going to make announcing the selection. Someone online said they should make Vince do it, like like David Stern or like Roger Goodell, and like get Great. booed when he goes up to the podium. That Great. would be hilarious. But just do it really. I bet they'll do something like that where they have like coach like announcing the picks at a podium. This is why they need a Jack Tunney. Yeah. This is why they need a fictitious authoritative figure that works for the corporation, which could be easily done by saying it's a Fox executive or a USA executive mm -hmm. like that. And it's great. And then you have a thing where like now you have the wrestlers with their ability to talk to someone that isn't Vince. We all know Vince runs it. We all yeah. know this is Vince's baby. This is Vince's product. Mm -hmm. Take Vince out of it. Do what you used to do. Have them just, we know that, but let that fall into the back of our minds and give us a Jack Tunney. Give us someone that's like, so-and-so's going here. And we're like, fuck you, Jack Tunney. They should really, they should They should have a character on the show who's just like, the gimmick is that he's the an actual executive 
He is like what Jack Tunney would be if he had a job. Yeah. But he doesn't have any interest in being on TV. And the yeah. whole gimmick is every week there's like a footage of like a hand, like handheld footage of like whatever Becky Lynch storming into his office. And this dude is just like, has a stack of papers and he's like, are you not a fucking gin? Please stop. Just it. leave me alone. I don't I, have any power here. Vince makes all that. I'm just trying to balance the books. I, don't I, know. I legally do the contracts. <laughs> yeah. I just make sure that both of you get the purse, <laughs> some of the money. Um, but so anyway, yeah, there, there's going to be some sort of like remake. It's going to fe- they're going to try to make it feel like the real draft. Uh, I know a lot of the, I've I've heard a lot of very compelling rumors about uh, what's going to happen. Um, what are what's the most compelling rumor you heard? I'll tell you this: when uh, there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of decisions that are connected to other decisions. When when he's when when what I've what I started hearing was just like. Basically, it's like you make two picks, and then there's just this like cascade of other picks that are like linked to the previous picks. Like that, I like that because it's like let's. I'm not going to say anything specific, but let's just say, you know, I wanted to draft. Uh, I really want Shawn Michaels on my show. If this is like 1991, sure. Then you're just like the other. Then the you know someone else is like, well, then you definitely can't have Marty Jannetty because we're going to try to push him as a single, so he goes to the other show. Sure. So and then and then you're does like, that my my question is, does that break up Kofi from the New Day? I don't know what they're going to do about te- this. Is this is that's really interesting about existing teams because they this has always been an issue in previous drafts where yeah. they where sometimes they want to signal that we're breaking them up and trying them as singles, but like Gable and uh, Jason Jordan, right? But then sometimes they want to. Keep, if they want to keep them together, then do they count as one draft pick or two or three draft picks? Yeah. I think that New Day is definitely staying together. Uh, I don't know. I think the more interest, uh, the the stuff that I've heard is kind of about the top of the card. I think the more the stuff I'm way more interested in is sort of the second tier. And it's like, what show is the New Day on? What show is AJ Styles on? That's what I was wondering. What show is, um, yeah. Where's uh, Miz? Well, I think he's I think he's got a USA. He's, he's got to stay on Raw. Yeah. I mean, and there are a lot of practical decisions like that being made, Where's, too. Are Becky and Seth on different shows? Uh, I would refer you to my previous statement about picks being connected to other picks. Oh. Um, I also know that, like, there's this weird, I mean, this sort of underlying storyline, and this is not, let's say this isn't a firsthand story for the sake of okay. comfort for everyone involved. Uh, every t- every every wrestler that I have heard from secondhand wants to be on SmackDown. Yeah, it's, it's, where the, all the, it's money the top is. show. It's the top show. It's where all the money is going to be. Fox is pumping. Unfortunately, in money. half of the wrestlers are going to be on Raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That <laughs> and is. And by the way, the first like t- I heard two giant names say they want to be on SmackDown. I think they're both going to be on Raw. So like 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 this is really yeah. Th- so like some of the biggest wrestlers in the company are just going to be kind of pissed off this. So weekend. basically, Raw is going to be like a, a safety school. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, Why no. I mean, I, I think my- Raw's gonna end up being a. I mean, I think there, there's a potential that Raw ends up being a better show because it's gonna have a lot of really incredible talent. Yeah, and it's gonna have Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, got to give it to Paul Heyman. Also, shout out to Bruce Pritchard though, back on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guy, one of the guys. So this could turn out great for everyone. Um, my initial guess, and it was based on nothing at the time, that Fox might try to pick some dudes that would look. Uh, formidable standing next to football players. I I think that that's smart. It's, it seems like a. I, I feel like I, that was a pretty good guess. Yeah, that, you need them. Um, you saw it when they were out with the NFL on Sunday uh, in New York, where Roman came and brought the action figures mm-hmm. to them. I think that's a good call. Um, because they also 
They don't want them to stand next to football players and look small. Yeah, that's the big thing. Like, keep those guys on NXT and Raw, where they can stand next to, you know, Crisley knows best. <laughs> stand next. Um, that's, that's how you know you're a small wrestler. Some guy at Crisley's like, and who is this champion? Um. Yeah. Let me see. Who else? Oh, I, I, I okay. Um, I will say there's one connection from the draft that I thought was going to happen that's not. What? I'd say, like, if you... Yeah, say it. I, I don't know what I can say. Say it. Say. Come on. Um, Come on, dude. For, for us. There's two people Thanks. who I said, who I thought would 100% be on separate shows that I believe are both going to end up on uh, the Monday night show. But that's all I'll say. Um, oh, man. And if you're listening to this going like, why won't you say more? I'm with you. <laughs> I want to know more. Maybe I'll tell you when we turn the mics off. Maybe I know, I but I'm that impatient. Uh oh, Samoa Joe broke his thumb. Hopefully he'll be okay. Oh, I know we didn't talk about what these edge rumors. Clearance, <laughs> clearance. Uh, edge, rated R superstar, might be back. Um, looks good. He got in the ring for something recently. What was he? In the yeah, ring? he speared somebody at the reunion. One of the like Raw reunion or one of those things. Yeah, I liked it. it. Looked clean. Looked good. I will say that if he does come back. Talking about good storytelling, this idea to have him uh, quit his podcast like right before he gets medically cleared, like what? Come on, guys! Like just keep doing the podcast for a month. Yeah, we know it's connected. Yeah, like just per, like that. What that would see? That's the only cover that you have. He's out there getting like, a, but like seeing Doctor Maroon. Were they doing that in order so him for he can go train? So he can. So when he comes back, he's in shape, and he can okay. Go. But like, how hard would it be to like? Can't WWE just fly Christian to him once a week just to yeah, keep the, keep the facade you, up? You don't know what's going on in their lives You're and right, how I they don't. make that work. I don't. But like, I feel like I would do it over the phone and like just squeeze sure, it in just sure, to sure, keep sure. things, or at least just don't announce it. Have Christian to be like, "Hey, Edge is off making a movie this week." Yeah. Uh, we'll see. You know, whatever. Man, where does he? He shows up on SmackDown for sure. I really thought. I'll just say this: I knew something big was going to close SmackDown, and I believe. I don't know this for sure, but I believe the reporting that I've heard that Kane was a last second, was you know basically a last second, close to last second decision. Kane Velasquez just by, somebody there, said he didn't have a contract like that night, like he was just like it was just a like they kind of had a handshake deal and they were going to get it done, but like it wasn't inked. Regardless, I heard that something giant was going to close that show way before I believe Kane was was. Signed. signed. So you think? I think there might have been some someone else in that. There, there might have been another option for that spot. Mysterio. Someone who tag teamed with. <sighs> someone who might actually have been the Godfather to Rey Mysterio's trial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be the possibility. Uh, someone that matches up age wise. Um. Anyway, I think that. Uh. I think that if you're betting on an edge return. Um. Good bet. Yeah. Yeah, he quits the podcast. All those rumors of him getting medically cleared. Yeah, if you're, if you're, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's going to be. I think you know someone like him is in a position to to want more of a Chris Jericho or Brock Lesnar schedule than a Seth Rollins schedule. One hundred percent. I don't think he comes back unless he gets that schedule. Right. I think that's the that's that that that's like that's the starting conversation. Mm-hmm. Is hey, I'm going to come out. I'm going to do four pay per views. I'm going to do you know some four. of the the I'll do the majors. Four or five, yeah. Four or five, and then I'll come up, show up on SmackDown, beat a couple people up. We'll have a couple good storylines. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think th- that makes sense. 
Yeah. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And I can't wait for it. Uh, and then this WWE backstage thing is going to be awesome, but I really can't talk much about that. Oh, See, man, I'm, you have so much stuff you, could, you can't talk about. No, I just, I just don't want to, like, you know. Yeah, say something and then something different. CM, Punk, CM Punk's out there talking like he's on the show. What? CM Punk is out there talking like he's doing this Fox show. He's like, if I did the Fox show. Anyway. If he showed up on SmackDown. He's not showing up on SmackDown. I know. No, I mean, he's doing this FS1. Oh. What's the FS1 thing? It's like a, they're doing like a studio show, like a, like WWE backstage. Like it's a Renee and Booker T are like hosting like a NFL live type show. Is Punk cool with the WWE at all? Um, I don't think Punk has any relationship with the WWE proper. I don't, but I don't think Fox has any relate. I don't think Fox has, that there's not a barrier for Fox to get in touch with him. <sighs> Let's see where it all sifts out. Um, but anyway, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I don't think that, the, I don't think that, I think that the thing with punk and, and, you know, the, the WWE's doctors and all that shit. Yeah. I think we're, that's, that's, that's officially at like, this is a problem on paper at this point, but it's not a relationship problem as much as it once was. Okay. I'm fine with that. I'm totally okay with that. I just want to, yeah. We'll see. I want to see Edge come back. I don't want to see Punk come back. I'm a greedy little piggy. I want to see Mr. Wonderful Paul Orn Orndorff come back for just, yeah. eight, eight, just eight last matches. Just eight matches. Eight, one more run around the sun. Um, There was some one more match chant. Wait, who, who got the last one more match chant? I don't know. That'd be great, though, if Edge came back and they started chanting one more match at him and he was like... No, you... I'm back for good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm really ah, bad. I'm going to move way more than one match. Really? Like, You're moving in? <laughs> it's like, I thought you were just spending the night. No, we just really wanted one match, dude. One match, dude. That's There's it. One of you, and then I, you can just watch Cameron Grimes wrestle for like <laughs> the next 10 years. That's all I really want. That it's his turn. Yeah. Um, Dan, thank you for coming by. Dude, thanks what for do you want to plug? Uh, listen to The Bonfire on Comedy Central Radio, Sirius XM 95. That's Monday through Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m., dansoder.com. Uh, Billions will be back in 2020. And then uh, I have an HBO special that'll be coming out in December. When is it? December? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. December 7th right now, it's scheduled. Son mm -hmm. of a Gary, my HBO hour. Yeah. So hopefully On people... a scale of one to 10, how funny is it? I don't know. I haven't filmed it yet. Oh, that's We're great. We're filming it in two weeks. So wow. let me say this. Hopefully good. <laughs> I hope What if good. the entire bit is just you losing the crowd? It's the Velcro getting ripped off that you discussed that before. that is fucking art, my friends. Yeah. No, it's not. That's me bombing. Uh, no, hopefully it's good. I'm excited. We're, we're taping it at the Bowery Ballroom in New York City. Oh, that place is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how it comes together. That's fantastic. It'll be fun. Well, good luck, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming by. This has been a lot of fun. Dude, I'll always talk wrestling with you. Awesome. I'll hold you to that. Um, yeah. Thank you, uh, Dan Soder. Thank you to my Hill producer, Jim. Thank everybody for listening. Um, apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week on Tuesday, I believe. Human ones. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. Dan, I have a good idea for your special. You should do it yeah. all in red lights. Yeah, red dude. With, in it. Maybe inside a cage. cage. Yeah, Punjabi prison. And then no matter Over what I do, no matter what I do, the joke.